Hey now, what's going on? It's Jeff. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that you are listening to the audio of a live video stream from the Frumis YouTube channel. It may reference visuals that can't be heard, obviously, but if you want the whole enchilada, go to youtube.com backslash Frumis. That's F-R-U-M-E-S-S. Because who doesn't like a whole enchilada? Hello. (coughs) Oh, wow, wow, wow. Did we trip over that one? That was the equivalent of pushing open a door and tripping over something and falling flat on your face. What a great first impression. Good thing this is not exactly a first impression. I've been around these parts before and done the thing that we're about to do many times before. Welcome to tonight's show. We are discussing sort of a continuation of something we discussed once before. Uh, Previously, we discussed uh, Alternative Press's 20 Greatest Punk Rock Guitar Players, and there was another, I saw another list. They have, what is this one? This one's called 20 Greatest Vocalists, Vocalists of All Time. And I figured, man, we can't do punk rock guitarists and not do vocalists. Man, we should do, we should run the gambit. We should do, we should do bass players. We should do uh keyboard players we should do drummers we should make all li- and then just bands all together we could do that we could we could so tonight's article is 20 greatest punk rock vocalists of all time according to alternative press now i'm not a reader of alternative press i just came along this you know algorithms pushing punk rock related things in my face and you know my phone and i say oh oh, look at this look at this i'll take a look i'll take a look and that's how we that's how we wind up at this stuff but i mean you know and another thing too is you know or maybe you can you're going to consider this uh semantics pedantics whatnot but we have to look at the definition here of what they're saying they're using the word vocalist. They're not using the word singer. Using, why vocalist and not singer? Why vocalist and not front man slash front woman slash front person? You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a very particular, it's a very, very particular word to use. I'm going to try and define all of them right now for you here. What is the difference between what? Okay. Let's think about this. Okay. So first and foremost, and I'm using this, listen, I'm, we, uh, and the, the proper, proper definition is front person, but for the sake of the terminology, I'm just going to say front man. When I say front man, I just want to just clarify. I'm talking about everybody. Don't want to leave anybody out front person. Okay. Um, a front man whatever a front woman oh god i don't know how to do i don't know how to navigate this friggin day and age it's just so frustrating a front person is someone who is fronting the band they are the face of the band right even if they uh you know and a front person might be the founding member the front person may be the only constant member the front person is usually the singer Sometimes the front person will be also play, be playing guitar or bass, you know, uh, on rare, rare occasion, even the drums on super rare occasion, I would say, 
or or the piano. Um, so a front person kind of occupies lots of different spaces within a band. Then a singer. What is a singer? A singer is someone who knows how to sing, right? I want to sing I want the Muna and the Juna and the Swinger. I want to yeah, oh, do, 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 do. A singer is, you know, someone who maybe they're classically trained. They have they have a set of pipes that that you know uh, they can hold a tune, I should say. And there are some people that sing or vocalize in bands that can't really necessarily carry a tune, but that's the thing about punk rock. And that's the thing about being the front person of a band. You have many, you have many singers, vocalists, front people that are incredibly, incredibly untraditional. They're incredibly, uh, they, they, they do not, you know, they do not have a, a Freddie Mercury vocal, vocal pipes in their, in their gullets. Yes, thank you, Zach. Zach says, hey, Jeff, glad to see you got back from your vacation one piece. I did. I sure did. Um, that's a whole other story. Go look at my other video about that. We almost got into a plane crash. It was very scary. Um, so you don't have to, in the realm of punk rock, you can just, you can, you, you can have all sorts of stuff. And then, you know, you have other, there are some, there are some people, there are some vocalist, singer type front people that they are, they're doing more of a spoken word thing over music. You know, it's funny. Roz Williams, the band Christian death, uh, very much does sort of like a spoken word sort of vocalization. He's not, he's not like, he's not singing in the traditional sense. He's, he's kind of speaking over the music, which is kind of interesting. You look at a guy like Henry Rollins. You don't think of Henry Rollins as a guttural, you know, growl vocal. You don't think of him. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not singing per se. It's, you know, it's vocalizing. Keith Morris, I would say, is a vocalist. Iggy Pop is a vocalist. These guys are not, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's their unconventionality that makes them, you know, that makes people can on them. What's going on, Matt? Welcome to the show. Matt John is in the house. Um, trying to think of who else. Tom Waits. Look, Tom Waits. That I'm not that's not a good Tom Waits, but Tom Waits has this gravelly sort of or sparky, I think his name is from Demented Argo. Yeah, he things like that. I don't know. He sings thinking of that song he did with the hillbilly moonshine explosion. Uh, or like, no, he's like doing all sorts of weird stuff with his voice. That's not traditional, you know? So I think that's why they're using the word vocalist instead of singer. Because a singer, we think of, like, not quite like that, but you get the sense. Glenn Danzig is a singer. He's a crooner. He's a singer. <laughs> you get to take a lot of crap for this, but. Jerry only is, I would say he's more of a singer than a vocalist. Jerry only sings. He's singing. Um, even Michael Graves is singing. Joey Ramone. Joey Ramone is singing. He's definitely singing. I wouldn't call him a vocalist. He's really using his, he's really singing, truly singing. But like I said, 
And that's not that Iggy Pop's not singing. It's just that Iggy Pop's voice is just so, it's so unique and particular. It's not, you're not going there to hear him go, you know? I feel like that's generally, I mean, that's part of the, the aspect of, 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 of punk rock in that, you know, you don't have to be good at what you're doing in order to do it. You know, um, I think the key to being a vocalist, here's the thing. All right, here's what I'm going to sum this up and we're going to move on. I'm going to sum this up very well. The key to, I think the key to being a vocalist is it has nothing to do with your classically trained singing and it has everything to do with having a unique quality to your voice that makes that, that elevates your music in a way that makes it different from everything else. And it, it, and always for the better. You know, so even if you can't hit a B sharp, you know, falsetto or baritone or whatever, but you just sort of do your thing, you know, you just do your thing, then that is what's going to count. And in that way, like we always talk about Glenn Danzig on this channel, that's what makes Glenn Danzig is <laughs> he's literally trying to croon like the 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 singers that he loved from his youth, the croon, the crooning guys from his youth. He just following in in that footstep he had the voice to back it up he had the voice to back it up zach says the two people that come to mind for me is the original singers from uriah heap and deep purple interesting interesting should we should we jump into the let's just jump right into it shall we let's just jump right into it here i'm going to pull up the article right now here it is now i'm not gonna lie i have I have seen some of the article. I, I had to sort of do a little peeky peek in order to create the thumbnail here. Don't look at the thumbnail if you haven't. Um, I was surprised that some of the omissions, I was surprised that some of the people listed. Let's let's just let's just dive into it. This is by who wrote this article. Let's see here. Oop, there's a we don't want to see that. Um, does it say? Maybe it says at the bottom. This is from Alternative Press. It's a feature 20 greatest punk rock vocalists of all time. The best of the bunch could really sing, even if their styles were hardly conventional. And this was written April 12th, 2022. Punk rock would never escape society's accusations of ineptitude. To mainstream ears, the music was ugly, tuneless, arrhythmic untalented worst of all the vocalist couldn't sing how could that garbage be called music we all know the naysayers were wrong but a degree of talent was required for it to be good which means that singers even if harsh in timber needed to be able to really sing not every band would be melodic or poppy but ev but even the biggest buzzsaw outfits in the punk rock in punk rock in the punk rock would need uh that whoa okay but even the biggest buzzsaw outfits in the punk rock world needed some semblance of a proper singer even if their technique was improper i mean as you just heard i i mean i kind of disagree with that a little bit but well let's let's go on for the sake of going on many qualify for this list their absence is not a slight nor an indi indication of a lack of merit it's merely reflective of only 20 places here fair enough fair enough 
I, I get that. You, you this is there. They said 20, but there's more than 20. Bearing this in mind, we present to you the 20 greatest punk rock vocalists of all time, complete with a custom playlist of select highlights from their catalogs. And you can get that on Spotify. And of course, at the top is Iggy Pop. How could you not have Iggy Pop on a vocalist list for greatest punk rock, punk rock singers of all time? Claim to fame, the Stooges. Now we remember, I don't know if it's the same guy or girl or whoever who wrote the, the the guitar article, the, the punk rock guitarist article that we previously did, go check out that video. But that person was really, really good at writing about music and really good about writing about describing the guitar. I, I really enjoyed reading that writing. So let's see. I don't know if it will have the same sort of cadence here in, in the writing, if it's a different person, but let's take a look. Iggy Pop. Okay, claim to fame, the Stooges, obviously, and solo Iggy Pop. Signature move, Iggy Pop is history's first punk rock singer. I'd agree with that. Like, truly, truly, like, a true punk rock singer? Yes, I would say Iggy is. Yeah, sure. He perfected the shock outrage performance style that all other blowtorch nihilists perched before a microphone followed. But most importantly, Pop could really sing, sort of. He had, ama- he had an amazing range from a subterranean basso profundo croon. Yeah, he did. That David Bowie made his vocal signature, uh, that David Bowie made his vocal signature to a shri- So he's saying, okay, this is not written well, but saying that the that that David Bowie copied, and if you notice, David Bowie is called himself Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust, Iggy Pop, Ziggy Stardust. You can see where, you know, uh, Iggy Pop owes a lot to David Bowie for the Berlin albums that David Bowie produced and wrote music for and, you know, financed essentially and gave him co-songwriting co- credit. But at the same time, David Bowie also owes Iggy Pop a lot for what, you know, Iggy, what David Bowie like gleaned from him in that basso profundo croon that David Bowie would emulate and make his vocal signature. Um, so it says that, that Iggy does that to a shrieking, growling tenor that uh, reads as sawtoothed as Ron Ashton's ultra fuzz guitar. The best place to experience Pop's genius is in 1970s Dirt. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, Dirt. Anything on Funhouse, really? Anything on Funhouse? I, I would say. Uh oh, why is my is my phone not charging? That's bad. I don't know why that. Oh no, it's charging. It's just my earbuds. Across the track, he unleashes every vocal trick at his command, but not histrionically. Histrionically, his performance is a masterclass in control and execution. Yeah, dude. Uh, if you want to hear, if you want to hear the birth of punk vocals, like real punk vocals, just listen to Funhouse. Think that that album was recorded in 1970 and think about all the other music that was coming out in 1970 and then think again about Funhouse and be like, wow, it's, it really is. It's monumental. It's, uh, it's seven songs. And I mean, when you look at what, by the time you reach the end, uh, what's it called? Oh my god, why isn't why am I blanking on this? Uh, LA Blues? No, not LA Blues. What the hell's the, the final track? The final track on Funhouse. What this is gonna really bother me. 
What is the last track called on the Stooges Funhouse? Wow, I feel so stupid asking this question. Let's see. It is. It's not going to show me. Hold on. We're going to we're going to pop this open. This is going to bother me. It's L.A. Blues, right? Am I crazy? Track listing. L.A. Blues. Yes, it was L.A. Blues. Doi. Riders on the storm. No, it's L.A. Blues. Runners dial zero. It's LA, it's L.A. Blues. Go listen to L.A. Blues on Funhouse. Listen to the guttural shrieks of Iggy Pop. That's vocalization. He's using his voice to create this din that had never been heard. You've never heard anything like L.A. Blues on uh, in, in 1970. You know, anything before that. It, just unreal. Uh, Grime X says Iggy was a huge Jim Morrison fan, and you can hear some of the influence in the songs. No doors, no studios, in my opinion. Um, that's sort of fair to say. And yeah, the the shirtless Iggy act partially comes from Jim Morrison a little bit. You know, funny, funny fact after Jim Morrison died, Iggy Pop was approached to replace Jim Morrison, and Iggy, of course, refused. And we've done a video about this already, but I have to tell you, I think about that from time to time and I go, man, you know what? Like, yeah, it would have been uh, Iggy said himself, Jim Osterberg said, that's grotesque. He said that was grotesque, but you know, at the same time, I got to imagine that would be pretty interesting to hear. I kind of want to hear what that would sound like, you know, imagine like the Stooges fury uh, fronting the, 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 the mysticism of the doors would be interesting to say the least. All right. Number two is Joey Ramone, obviously, man. I mean, how could you not have Joey Ramone on this list? Joey Ramone is not a traditional singer, but boy, did he sing and he sang from his heart and his, his vocals sort of changed over the years, man. You look at it, you look at Joey Ramone, through the 80s and into the 90s, and he sort of changed his whole approach to saying, I can't even attempt to do it. It's like he sort of put like more of a I, no, that's not right. Um, he was he was trying to like almost croon. You know, they say that, you know, I think you the way you really need to look at at Ramon songs or some Ramon songs is you need to look at these guys trying to basically write. Beach Boy songs and winding up with, you know, Sheena is a punk rocker and Rockaway Beach. And there's like, you can hear, you can almost hear that, you know, Joey was a big Phil Spector fan. And you can hear it in his voice, man. You hear it in his voice. And I really think, man, if that had worked out, that Joey could have been a sensation, the Phil Spector sensation. If he had done a solo album with Phil Spector, he probably would have gotten really famous from it. And um, yes, I agree, Steve, Steve, Evan, Stephen, Evan, Iggy does do an awesome job singing on the song. Give me danger. And not only that, but like and then again, you know, the Ramones are influenced by the Stooges as well. Um, claim to fame the Ramones, obviously. Signature move. Ramones set the standard for the speedy, minimalist, chord-heavy attack that became punk's dominant signature. Yet no one in punk sounded like Joey Ramone. Like pop, Ramone was the rare punk vocalist who actually sang. Yeah, he did. 
He had a deep throaty croon that was round and fat slicing through Johnny Ramone's Gatling gun guitar work. What cut through more was his phrasing. He was likely the only male vocalist in rock history to pattern his singing after Ron. Oh man, I swear I didn't read that. I swear I didn't read any of these blurbs. I peeked at the list. I did not read that. It says he was the only male vocalist in rock history to pattern his singing voice after the Ronettes produced by Phil Spector, uh, the Ronettes, Ronnie Spector, whom he later produced. I didn't know that he produced her. His style remains distinct to this day. And yeah, you just, you hear it in his voice, you hear his voice. And then he sort of gets more guttural as he gets older. His voice get has this sort of uh, guttural quality to it that makes it really unique. That's also really bad. I, I can't, I don't know how to vocalize Joey Ramones singing exactly. Um, Nina Hagen, Nina Hager, Nina Hagen, Nina Hagen. Joey changed the game of when they did the Pleasant Dreams LP. You could tell by the style of music and his vocals. Look at, look at uh, Joey singing on uh, Too Tough to Die, right? Runner's Dial Zero says, I thought Joey wasn't really a traditional vocalist until I heard Baby I Love You. I know a lot of people don't like that one, but he sounds effing incredible on it. Yeah, that was the yeah, mama, 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 mama's boy. Yeah, he just he changed. He really did change his singing later on in in the in his career, but for the better, not for the worse. I like it. I'm a big fan of Joey's later singing. But yeah, Joey Ramone totally needs to be on here. I'm I'm stoked with the choices so far. Up next, okay, Joe Strummer. I am not a b- big Clash fan. I you know, I've dived into the Clash. Angus McCorder says Joey took many singing lessons. Yeah. I, mean, I guess later on he did. I don't know if he did early though. Did he do it early? Um some footage of Joey singing with his pre Ramones band called Sniper recently surfaced. Kind of cool. Amazing that this stuff survived for as long as it has. All right. So next on this list is Joe Strummer of the clash. Of course. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I, I respect Joe Strummer. I got no, I got no bones about Joe Strummer. Runner dial zero is asking if Joe Strummer is number one. No, I don't. There's no list. There's no ranking. It's just 20 of the best. I guess he's the third one down. I don't know if that's ranking on per- that rankings there on purpose like that. But um, yeah, Clash is okay, man. I wouldn't put him on this list at all. I think of him more as a front man. He's a front man. He's not. I mean, I guess that makes him a vocalist too. But Joe Strummer is what we were talking about before. He is a th- he's a front man. Okay, that's that's what he is. Signature move. Joe Strummer had to be one of the most poetic lyricists punk has seen without ever embracing the mantle of poet. Unlike segments of the New York scene, it stands to reason that his one vocal role model was likely Bob Dylan. Huh? Never thought of thought like thought about it like that. Mind you, Dylan hardly ranted the way Strummer did across early clash recordings. As time went on, his growl grew increasingly expressive capable of great tenderness as in the ode to the mixed race Vietnam War children's plight straight to hell. The song is a, is, is a sturdy in passion and emotion. He hardly could have managed 
in the days of White Riot. I definitely prefer early strummer vocals on like Clash City Rocker, Clash City Rockers, whatever, you know, anything off of London Calling. I don't know. I, I would not have put Joe Strummer on this list. No, no disrespect to Joe. Up next is Johnny Rotten. You can't have a list without Johnny Rotten, no matter what we think about Johnny Rotten. And I just want to put this out there, guys. We're not here to critique the people themselves. We're just talking about their musicianship, okay? We're separating the the abilities and the art from the artists themselves, okay? So I'm not here to condemn people, even if they deserve to be condemned or whatever. I, I'm just saying. Johnny Rotten absolutely should be on this list even if and not for for pil or whatever public image limited i mean look he recorded he did that one album obviously there's a lot of 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 pistols material out there but he did that one album and that album his 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 vocals are his vocals are incredible they're iconic they are you know when people think of you know when when the casual person thinks of punk in a household you know, homogenized na- national or international kind of way, you kind of think of Johnny Rotten singing. And he does this weird sort of, he rolls his R's when he sings. You know, he does this weird, well, you know, he just does this like, or is this the IR? And he like, his voice, voice uh, squeaks. Um, His lyrics, his, his voice on bodies. I mean, everything, Holiday in the Sun, it's all good. It's all good. Johnny Rotten claim to fame, obviously, the pistols, the signature move, the sonic sneer that launched a million bands. Johnny Rotten frequently suffered accusations of being a non-singer. Yet, like Dylan, yeah, I could totally see the Dylan-esque quality of Johnny Rotten. In a weird kind of way, Dylan is not, Dylan is also not a traditional singer by any means. Yes, of course, he's a singer, but He's more of like a, you know, he could also kind of do this weird sort of like beat poetry thing over his music. Uh, The former and future John Lydon has always been in pitch and exercises amazing vocal control. I don't know about that. We just sort of goofed on him singing, or is this the IRI? Um, So I don't know if he has vocal control per se, even at his most blustery. It is the timber of his tonsil shredding, that greats ears used used to more conventional singing as progressed in public image limited. I've never listened to any of that stuff, so I really can't comment on it. Post, uh, so it's a post-punk art screech. His old pistols attack gave way to high-pitched wine, seemingly rooted in Middle Eastern modality. This guy's a good writer. Whoever, whoever wrote this is good too. But it was his mocking, leering, rotten best that made him punks, punk, the punk singer's punk singer. Yeah, you can't be denied. Can't be denied. Grimax says, no one sounded like rotten, a very unique, snotty style. Yeah, snotty is the key word. He definitely belongs here on the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd rather listen to Johnny Rotten than Bob Dylan. Don't hit me. I Man, I don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, uh, no disrespect to Bob Dylan. I've never been a Bob Dylan fan. And if I had to, cho- if you know who my Bob Dylan is, Lou Reed, I'll take Lou Reed over Bob Dylan any day of the week. Milo from the descendants had one of the best punk vocals. Milo is great. Um, 
great front man, great singer, whatever you want to call him. Up next, I'm so stoked to see this name on here. Rob Tynerman of the MC5. The MC5 are one of those bands that just they they just get trampled under the carpet in so many ways. Right now, actually, Wayne Kramer, if you go to Wayne Kramer's Facebook page, he is there's a vote, and I have to vote actually. You can vote for there's an audience voting poll for the New York Dolls and the MC5. So please go check that out. Go to Wayne Kramer's Facebook page. Go and vote for the MC5 and the New York Dolls in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Even if it's a crock, even if it's a sham, though they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right now, leading the pack is Duran Duran, and it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. They're not going to make it, but they should, both the New York Dolls and the MC5. And I'm glad to see Rob Tyner on here. Yes, the James Brown of punk rock. I love that. I love that. Um, he's, 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 he's awesome, man. Claim to fame, MC five signature move with their demonic energy and martial amps set on stun drive bolstered by the atypical jazz influenced chops. Detroit's MC five became a huge, became huge punk role models while seeing their ethic adopted by early metal bands fronting their one. What is it? Their one four five in overdrive one four five in overdrive was the mile high afro of rob tyner yeah he had the crazy afros you can see right here uh as a front man he had the ra- the rabble rousing power that a revolutionary leader required as a singer he kept his tenor centered with a relatively small range but it didn't feel like he was limited. No, man, Rob Tyner had soul, dude. He really, he was like a white James Brown. There was a universe of expressiveness within the handful of notes he sang so well. I don't know what his range was, but he was just, he was great, man. He had so much heart. He was the heart of the MC5. Tyner may have been the last great singer of the late 60s. Just listen to any friggin' MC5 song and, what makes it so great is Rob Tyner. I got to see DKT MC5, which was Michael Davis, Wayne Kramer, and Dennis Thompson. Um, I obviously did not get a chance to see Rob Tyner because he died. So did Fred Smith. They both died before I was uh, around listening to music. They both died. I don't know when Rob Tyner died in 90 and S- Smith died in 94. So, I mean, I was alive, but I was not into the MC5 at, uh, at that time. And he's just great, man. He, yeah, totally. Go listen to the track High School, which, which I think is on their second album. Listen to Looking at You. Yeah, Ramblin' Rose. Obviously, kick out the jams. Go listen to Miss X, okay? Go listen to Human Being Lawnmower. They're just, they're the best. Uh, Runner Dial Zero. Every song I just said, check out their second album. Uh, check dude just listen they have three albums high time is the third album kick out the jams is the first album and the second album i think is called looking at you um just just go listen to the the greatest hits and just listen to them all the way through all of it man i think ramble and rose is actually sung by wayne kramer but yeah the mc5 love them to death so glad to see Rob Tyner getting some love. He he would eventually go on and do like a solo thing as well. He just, he was the man, dude. He really was the man. 
And yeah, just giant Afro, great singer, great front man, great vocalist. Um, just absolutely check out anything by the MC five. Just do it. Yes. All three albums, but you know, they have some greatest hits packages. Just go, just go look anything up. Listen to the studio version of looking at you though, not the greatest hits version because the guitar attack between Fred Sonic Smith and Wayne Kramer will melt your face off, literally melt your face off. So that is important. Zach says hunting rod HR from the bad brains better be on the list. Why'd you call them hunting rod? HR stands for human rights. I I've never heard the term hunting rod. Okay. Penelope Houston from the Avengers. Uh, listen, I've seen the Avengers live and I got to tell you, I have nothing against Penelope Houston, but she's not. No, I wouldn't. I would say no to this. I would say no, no, no. I do not agree with this to put her in the 20 greatest you're gonna have her on the list but you're not gonna have glenn danzig glenn danzig is not on this list by the way which is just a travesty to me and it's not because of my bias as a misfits fan or a danzig nerd it's because that dude really is the singer the best singer it's a shame let's i feel like putting penelope houston on here honestly again great singer but do you would you put her in the top 20 vote? Why would you put her there and not Wendy O. Williams, who I put on the thumbnail art, by the way, of this thing? Wendy O. Williams is not on this list. I would have put Wendy O. Williams. I would have put Blondie. I would put Deborah Harry on this list. She's not on the list. Um, I, I, I think I think they were just trying to, this was like a political thing to put Penelope Houston on here. Sorry, no offense, Penelope. I think you're a great singer. I don't think you are... You know, part of what makes a good singer a good singer is hit is not hits, but like, you know, people don't know the Avengers catalog. They didn't put out that much stuff, man. Like, I mean, think about all the Blondie songs. Um, even Wendy O. Williams, you know, you can't think I can't think of any, you know, plasmatic songs off the top of my head, but Wendy O. Williams is I mean, talk about a front woman, talk about like, you know, just a, a fiery singer. And they put the Avengers on here. So I'm not, not too excited about this one. Claim to fame, the Avengers signature move. S San Francisco's Avengers were one of the greatest American punk bands of the late seventies. A lot of people would agree with that. You had Greg Ig Ingram's uh, black and Decker six string work coupled with Danny Furious's frenzy drumming and Jimmy wisely subterranean bass lines, but uh, frosting, it all was the rebel charisma of singer Penelope Houston, uh, the rare actual teenager working with what was hyped as teenage rebel music. She had a power and intensity that burned bright. The force with which she bit into her ringing phrases was astonishing. See, I mean, I feel like there was no substance. I mean, they literally didn't even talk about they spent the most of that paragraph wasn't even discussing Penelope Houston. It, this was a, this was a peppering, trying to pepper more. I don't know. I, I, I thought this was, I think this is kind of a crock here. Wendy Williams should have been, should have been on here. Hold on. I'm getting to the comments guys. Give me one second. Tyner put the F in F word. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Started big stir. Yes, he did. Keith Morris better be on this list. We will see who makes this list. Uh, apparently, Alternative Press. I did not. This is not my list, guys. Susie Sue. That's another another one. 
another one, Susie Sue. Yeah, Amy, Wendy Williams, man, telling you, telling you. The snooch says at alt press, because they're barely scratching the surface on punk singers, I could see most influential maybe, but some of these people shouldn't be on here, in my opinion. Like I said, I wouldn't put Joe Strummer on here. I wouldn't put Penelope Houston on here. Uh, that was his name when the uh, when the kids, when he was growing up, it was Hunting Rod. I did not know that. I did not know that. Rue Morgan, the house, and Rue says, Danzig should be at the top of this list right next to Joey Ramone. Lux Interior and HR should have been on this list as well. Agreed, Rue, on all accounts, man, on all accounts. Uh, Zach says, he put a twist on it and put the album Human Right, but if you knew him and ran into him qu- on quite a few occasions, only certain people knew his nickname was Hunting Route. That's interesting, huh? The e- Eddie Cruz of Dr. No. You mean Brandon Cruz of Dr. No? Is that who you mean? Is that who you mean? All right, moving on. All right, Penelope Houston. Scratch that one. Steve Baders, man. Uh, a disciple of Iggy Pop, claim to fame, the Dead Boys. Dead Boys are friggin' phenomenal. Eddie M is wondering if Gigi is on this list. I hope not, man. Gigi does not deserve to be on this list for any reason, man. He did a, a, a reasonable job with that Jabbers, the Jabbers album, Always Is and Ever Shall Be or whatever it's called. Um, we got more Dave Vanian leaving who I just interviewed, by the way, keep your eyes peeled for the leaving interview on this channel and Jack from TSL. Jack is an awesome guy. One of my favorite vocalists as well. Dog ballad. If if Eddie's father, Bill Bixby, huh? Not know that jabbers. Dave Vanian should make this make this list. Amy says Ron Reyes, Reyes, Reyes from Black Flag. All right, let's keep reading, guys. Let's see. Stiv Baders, claim to fame, the Dead Boys, love the Dead Boys. Signature move. Uh, Stiv Baders is hardly, I met all the Dead Boys. It was really cool. I, I, hung, I hung out with all the Dead Boys backstage at CBGB's in 2005. How about that? At the CBGB Gallery. Steve Bader is hardly the only rock and roll frontman to ape pop, so they admit it right off the bat. But his take on igginess is more slapstick. Yeah, great description. So true. He's way more Iggy Pop is dangerous, and Steve Bader's is slapstick. Iggy and the Stooges, Iggy and the Three Stooges. Anyone? Yeah. Where Bader's is unique is that he may be rock's first singer influenced by the vocal stylings of Alice Cooper. Oh, I didn't, hmm. What made his growl perfect to top the Dead Boys mishmash of 70s punk and classic Midwestern hard rock. His brief career progressed beyond the Dead Boys into the power pop of his solo album, Disconnected, and then the psychedelia-influenced Lords of the New Church, which he did with Brian James of The Damned. He displayed more subtlety and versatility in his voice, but Bader's could always unleash that bark when needed. Best heard on Disconnected. I would disagree and say Steve Bader's is best heard on Younger, Louder, Snottier. Whoa, did you know that? Uh, There is a rough mix of Young, Loud, and Snotty, the seminal Dead Boys album called Younger, Louder, Snottier, and that is the version of the album you should be listening to. 
and you listen to Caught with the Meat in Her Mouth, you listen to Down in Flames, Sonic Reducer, Ain't Nothing to Do, you know, I Won't Look Back. Like these tracks, man. Uh, Stiv was incredible, incredible singer, was Stiv Baders. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And yeah, just slapstick is the right word, man. Like plastic man, just jumping around. Uh, just all over the place. Beautiful vocal, beautiful vocal. You know, the writer doesn't, I don't know. I'm like really uh, on the fence about this writer because sometimes their descriptions, if I feel like they're they're just sort of like, they're, they're what's it called? Um, sort of procrastinating through, they're trying to procrastinate through the, the blurb or whatever. Let's take a quick sponsor break here before we move on to the next one. Did you know, that we're running a contest right now at riotstickers.com. That's right. Riotstickers.com is having a special contest. You can win 20 custom T-shirts in a raffle. It's free to enter. Check it out. Check out in the in the little ticker tape parade down there, the little scrolly bar. Win free T-shirts. Enter at riotstickers.com backslash win. That's riotstickers.com backslash win. The promo code from us for the deal that is running is still good. All of that stuff is in the description. Let's go to the little video. Guys, everybody should enter this contest. You can get whatever you want. Put on a T-shirt. Hi, I'm a guy from riotstickers.com, the merch company known for being the bomb. Do you hate going to work? But like getting paid? Do you hate snow? But want to make sweet, sweet love to a snowman? That was unexpected. All right, what about this? Do you hate paying for stuff, but like having custom t-shirts? You are in luck. We can't help with the snowman thing. That's probably going to take a therapist. But RiotStickers.com is giving you a chance to win a free order of custom shirts. And entering is easier than like making sweet, sweet Get her out of here. All you have to do is simply go to riotstickers.com slash win and enter your name and email address. Riot Stickers will have a random drawing to pick a winner. So head to riotstickers.com slash win for your chance to win free custom shirts. And be sure to check out other custom merch while you're there because it is the bomb. Riotstickers.com, Riotstickers, we are the bomb. Riotstickers.com, Riotstickers, we are the bomb. Right, stickers. Do you need stickers? We got stickers. There's so many stickers coming out of the Sorry, that was weird. Yeah, ride stickers, man. Look at all these stickers. Look at this stuff. Look at all this stuff. All look at the banner behind me. All from riotstickers.com. So check it out. Sharpie Riot. Great dude. Great dude. Okay. <clears throat> Back to so where were we? Eddie M says the dude from RKL was good. I forgot to mention Lee Ving. Yeah, there you go. Beef, 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 There's a list by IGN, 10 greatest punk rock singers, and Danzig and Vanian are in, in this one. That's good. I can't wait to see what they say in Michael Graves' paragraph. Yeah, right. CIV from the Gorilla Biscuits says Jarmy. Um, Zach says, just like to know, just like if you know Dez, his nickname is Gator. Uh, you ever see a, ta- a photo of his tattoo of Gator? Hmm. No, I have not. No, I have not. A t-shirt. Wait, what? A t-shirt with a greaser guinea pigs holding switchblades. Yeah, you can get that printed up if you 
enter the contest. All right, let's let's keep moving on. Let's keep let's keep let's get through the list, guys. Oh, Patty Smith. Oh, I hate her so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, this. All right, screw this list, man. Patty, you put Patty Smith on here. Oh, claim to fame, the Patty Smith group. Yeah, right. Grime, I agree. Boo, boo this list. Boo this list, man. Wow. Signature move. Let's see what they what what the writer has to say about Patty Smith and what makes Patty Smith. Oh my god, for punk? Come on. Patty Smith, the poet laureate, laureate of the mid-70s Bowery, swaggered like the streetwalking cheetah love child of Arthur Rimbond and Mick Jagger. Oh, wow. You literally ripped off that line from the book PKM by Legs McNeil. That is literally taken out. Oh, that's a line taken out of Please Kill Me. Oh, oh man. Why did I say that out loud? No, no. Damn. Oh, it's going to bury us in the algorithm. Man, that is just so, that's just, this is lame. This is lame. Whoever writes this stuff, whoever wrote this just, totally ripped off you're not even going to attribute that to pkm that's such bs before the tough street rock of the patty smith group clad in the cast off discards from keith richards closet again all of these things were used to describe her in the book pkm by legs mcneil you know what book i'm talking about oh i'm so disgusted right now with uh alternative press truly they're Everything that they're that they're talking about. Hold on, let me get this. I'll show you. Everything that they're saying right now came from this book. They just read this book, okay, people? Oh my lord, that is so lame. <sighs> Clad in the cast off discards from Keith Richards' closet. I'm, I can't roll my eyes harder. She wrote the greatest rock poetry since Dylan and sang them in a voice of of a disgraced angel. <sighs> Many couldn't stand her voice the same way they couldn't stand Dylan's, Lou Reed's, or Van Morrison's. The detractors were tone deaf. Her voice was perfect for delivering beautiful, profane verses. Best heard on Easter. Man, yuck. Absolute yuck. Okay, let's move on. Got nothing positive to say about that. Sorry. Sorry. I have nothing positive to say about that. Yeah, the snooch. I agree. Let's go find another list. When push comes to shove uh, and slum with a view, two of the most underrated punk albums ever. Just Google lists and we'll rank whatever it is is on it regardless. I think we're kind of doing that already, right? We're deciding who, who belongs here. We decided that. Dave Vanian and Glenn Danzig belong on this list and that Joe Strummer and Patty Smith and Penelope Houston should not be. It was like, yeah, Aaron, I agree. It's like hippie music, man. Ugh. Just so... <laughs> I am. I'm really... I am. Dude, I'm so upset. It just bums me out, man. <laughs> Yoko. I'll tell you who should be on this list, though, and I'm not kidding. Put the B-52s on this list. I'd be very happy. If the B-52s were on this list, but Patty Smith, oh, God. <laughs> that's as negative as you're going to hear me get tonight. I promise. Okay. Next up, we have Keith Morris. I think when you think of vocalist, you think of Keith Morris. He's not a, 
a singer in the classical sense at all, but he is a vocalist, 100%, one of the best there is, known for both Black Flag and the CJs. Signature move asked by the Husker Food Zine website in 2020 who his favorite Black Flag singer was, Henry Rollins. Black Flag's best-known and longest-running singer answered Keith Morris. So that was a really weird sentence simply saying, when asking Henry Rollins who his favorite singer was, but he had to do that whole weird sort of whatever. So he says, Keith Morris, he's just one of the best singers of all time anyway. Morris would tell you it's because he grew up on the 60s AM radio. It gave him a melodic sense no other hardcore howler possessed. Hence, once he went from BF to the tight, intricate thrash rock of CJ's, Anything Morris grunted was tuneful beyond belief. I mean, he grunted. That's a great way to put it. it it's just, it. there's a lot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My Mac is about to die. Uh-oh. This is bad. For some reason, I wasn't plugged in here running on juice. That's that was That's not good. There we go. All better. All better. Yeah, Rue. Make our own darn list uh chris d from the flesh eaters yeah look keith is on here runner dies dial zero didn't think that he'd make it but he deserves to be but still yeah milo deserves to be on this list i agree <laughs> patty smith Ugh. Ugh. you know who patty smith married and had kids with fred smith from the mc5 isn't that kind of weird? All right, so Keith Morris is on there. Good. Keith Morris should be on there. He's awesome. And of course, HR. How could you have a vocalist list and not have HR, man? Now, HR fell off hard you know, starting in the nineties and really continuing in the aughts. When I, by the time I saw HR live, he was not doing what he was known for, but I mean, and it says here, signature move, signature move is a friggin' backflip. The dude would do backflips. As you can see on this thumbnail, one of the most legendary throaty singers ever. First time I ever heard HR. I've, I've talked about this before. I listened, I, I, downloaded uh when i was 15 i downloaded fearless vampire killers okay and i thought it was four white dudes playing just angry fast punk rock and then when i saw a picture of who the bad brains were i was my jaw dropped open it was like those guys made that music it just blew it blew my mind Talk about unconventional in every sense of the word. And yet at the same time, even though HR has this throat, throaty, guttural, shrieking, growling, you know, attack, frothy attack, there are very few people that could emulate what he does. His vocal phrasing is very complicated and the lyrics that he writes and the, the lyrics, the, the verses that he manages to put together uh, in his singing, in his, in his vocalization, it's difficult. Try singing any of that stuff. It's difficult. Even look at Fearless Vampire Killers, you know, all, this, all that stuff, you know. We don't want your filthy money. We don't, da, 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 da. we just want to end your world. 
Sorry. Um, look at I against I. Look at don't need it. Look at pay to see, if you know what I mean. C U M. Look at sailing on. Ugh. Just yes. Okay. Steve said Sacred Love recorded from Lorton Prison. We did a whole episode about that. We covered the entire story in, in brutal detail. Go check that out. He is a strange dude. I got to meet HR twice. And both times I met him, it was weird, but it was awesome. I saw, I saw, I'm in the Bad Brains documentary, actually. For a split second, you can see me getting on the boat in, 27, in 2007. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that Ian McKay is not on this list. Should he be on the list? I don't know. I kind of want Jack Grisham to be on this list, to be honest with you. Maybe, maybe like, maybe he would, I mean, in the 20 greatest, I don't know if he would squeak by in the 20 greatest, but Jack has an incredible voice. And, you know, Jack has, Jack has range, dude. He does all sorts of stuff. You can see all, he does all sorts of different stuff. Matter of fact, uh, if I had to pick a single punk rocker to play Dr. Frankenfooter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show would be Jack Grisham. And I told him that. Okay, we got Polly staring on here. She is awesome from the X-ray specs. She is not a cliche. Uh, bondage up yours. Germ-free adolescence. She's awesome. She's just friggin' awesome. Polly uh, staring had a weight that could sh- had a whale that could shatter a that could shatter brick walls and destroy microphones. She used it in service of the lyrics, lampooning consumerist synthetic society with its own marketing jargon. She used to destroy class and beauty standards. That voice created ripples that grew into tidal waves surfed by feminist punk warriors for decades. She absolutely should be. Okay, Polly should be on this list, and she is. And I was very sad when she died. Those waves are being surfed to this day. To learn more about this extraordinary punk historical figure, because I don't actually know anything about her, and I don't want to sit here and write anything in a blurb because I am a lazy writer, read Dayglow, the polystyrene story, or watch polystyrene, polystyrene, am I pronouncing that correctly? I am a cliche. Both co-productions by her daughter, Celeste Bell, best heard on germ-free adolescence. Couldn't agree more. That is that is the record, man. That is the record. And yes, Jack does rule. There's a new movie, Ignore Heroes, is coming out. I supported it on Kickstarter. Friggin' awesome project. Always support independent projects if you have the means to do so. Oh, yeah, it's such a shame she died. Oh, yeah, Dinah Cancer, 45 Grave. Pretty great. I don't know if I put her on the top 20, but she's awesome. I had the privilege to interview her. Okay, this is ridiculous. Henry Rollins is on this list, but Glenn Danzig is not on this list. Are are you serious right now? Claim to fame, fame Black Flag. Boo. I love Henry Rollins, by the way. I absolutely love this man. I do. I've I've seen him a whole bunch of times do his spoken word, but I would not put him on any vocalist list. Was he was he uh, a front man? Yeah, uh, but uh, no, man. Sorry, no freaking way. 
yeah, his claim to fame was Black Flag. Although I have mad respect for Henry Rollins. I mean, the dude turned being the lead singer into Black Flag. He 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 really he like he basically went to nothing because you know the band broke up and from nothing he really made himself into just sort of like this renaissance man that does all these things. I have, I have a lot of respect for Harry Rollins, but I don't think he should be on this list. And he'd be the first person to agree with me, I think. And he'd probably do it in a self-deprecating, you know, I'm, I'm attempting to be humble kind of way, whether he believes that he should be on this list or not. But I genuinely think that he would tell you that he doesn't belong on this list. Um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Rue Henry, come on. Yes, Glenn is not on the list. I did check to see if Glenn Danzig was on this list. Sorry to spoil that. I mean, what the heck, right? Glenn Danzig's not on this list. Yes, Steve, you're right. I think even Henry would be pissed to be on this list. I mean, come on. Um, he is the best at what he does. He is the best at what he does, but it's not singing. It's just spoken word his spoken word is far more um is far more impressive to me than anything he ever sang with any band okay that's the reality of the situation rue loves rollins band but he's no singer yeah he's he admits it all the time exactly he wouldn't he wouldn't be offended at all he wouldn't he would he would be enraged by this maybe not enraged but he Sort of, he would roll his eyes. I think he would roll his eyes at this. Rollins is, in many ways, the ultimate punk rock story. He is the fan who stepped out of the audience while seeing his favorite band and ended up joining. But that doesn't make him a good vocalist. In this case, it was Hermosa Beach, Hardcore Bruisers, Black Flag. He took over from leather lunged Des Cadena, who assumed guitar duties alongside founder Greg Ginn. Rollins developed an even more potent shout, one that became the longest lasting and most identified with Black Flag. You're confusing long lasting and most identified with, and the fact that he's like one of the biggest household names to come out of punk rock with being a good singer. That does none of those things make him a good singer in the process alongside his childhood pal, Ian McKay, who deserves his own entry on this list and clearly didn't get one. He helped create the mic clutching power stance adopted by every hardcore vocalist since that does not qualify you to be on this list. It's a cool thing. It's a nice feather in the cap, but mic clutching power stance. What does that have to do with the, what does that have to do with your vocalizing? I, I say no. I say no, no, no. Um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yes, from Glenn from, how about this? Glenn, how about this? How about Glenn from 76 into the 80s? Or even before? Not that I heard that early. I'm just saying, you'd imagine, I mean, that dude's voice. But look at him in Dan, look at dude, his singing in friggin' Sam Hain is awesome too. If you listen to I Am Misery, it sounds like Glenn is constipated trying to take a dump. All right, Kim Shattuck, R R Shattuck, is that how you say it? Um, R.I.P. Rest in peace. She just passed away recently from the Muffs. I would not put her on this list again. No disrespect to the dead. She, I don't know, man. 
I feel like I'm bagging on all the female singers, but I said who I thought should listen. I said Deborah Harry should be on this list. I, the the um, what's her face, Katie Pearson from uh, B52s could be on this list. Wendy O. Williams, I wouldn't have put Susie Sue, I wouldn't have put um, Penelope Houston, I wouldn't put Kim here. She ended up she ended up being the second Kim bass player in the Pixies as a kind of an f u to Kim Deal claim to fame the Muffs. Signature move. She was initially spotted playing bass for Los Angeles garage revivalist, the Pandoras, but Kim blossomed and came into her own once she and co Pandora Melanie Vammon formed the melodic garage punk outfit, the Muffs from that point. I should really listen to them. I haven't listened to a lot of Muffs. She displayed a, 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 a pre, a preternatural knack. I don't know how to pronounce that. Preter, preter, preternatural knack for British invasion inspired songwriting and screaming and growling in pitch. She certainly revi- uh, rivaled Kurt Cobain in the latter department. It became the Muffs sonic signature alongside her considerable abilities as a bent string filth guitarist of the Johnny Thunder School. But what none of that. None of that has anything to do with singing, mostly. I just, I don't, man. Since her her passing in 2019, she is much missed. Yes, best heard on Hamburger. Rest in peace, Kim. I'm not sure you belong on this list. I don't even know if I put Jello on this list. I know that sounds kind of blas- blasphemous. Okay, Kim had a great scream. The late Kim. Shattuck of the Muffs. I really, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to sit and listen to hamburger. How about that? How about that? I'm going to sit and listen to it. I I don't know. I'm really kind of ignorant on them and I should know more. I just don't see her being on this list, but I'm, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to reserve a little judgment here. Okay. So we have Jello Biafra, Ted Kennedy's. I'm not a big Ted Kennedy's guy. Soup is good food. We all know this. Take this job and shove it. California Uber Alice. I mean, I don't like the dead Kennedys for the vocals. I, if anything, it's, you know, the, the message and the music signature move. Jello Biafra is hardly Luciano Pavarotti, but there's no room in punk rock for operatics. Anyway, I wouldn't say that necessarily. He's distinguished by penning some of the sharpest socio-political satire in punk. But does that make him a good singer? He delivers in a quavering vibrato-laden tenor. Yeah, I mean, he has a very unique voice. A signature voice that is not replicated or copied. It's very unique. Jello's voice is very unique. Um, and it says, clearly indebted to Sparks vocalist Russell Mail. Mail. I wouldn't say that necessarily. Which further sets him apart above uh sets them apart and above the 1001 identicate pop vocalists out there but he rarely goes off pitch and time has deepened and seasoned his voice if there was some sort of hall of fame for punk singers he would be inducted with the first class i don't know maybe he does belong on there uh, maybe i'm like am i like losing am i losing touch with what the criteria is here okay the Muff self-titled from 93. I will check that out. I will check that out. Aaron's wife says leaving the singer of fear. 
Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables is an excellent album. Um, I mean, all the gel, all of the the Kennedys albums are great or good. Now, here's an interesting one. I love that these guys are on here. You have Exine and John Doe from X. I love X. X is one of my favorite bands. Big, big fan. And what's interesting, and what's interesting um, is the way that they sing together. And before I even read this, I'm going to tell you what I think. Rue says, wait, Rue says, uh, three lists for best singers, one vocal ability, two stage presence, and three lyrics. Okay, that is great criteria. That's good criteria. I don't think AP Runner says, I don't think AP's criteria has really been consistent on this list. I agree. I agree. Amy, we already know Ian is not on the list, Amy, unfortunately. Uh, Grim says that being from Texas, he wants to throw out Gary Floyd from the Dicks. Great pipes on that man. Fine. We'll allow it. Okay, here's what I love about Exine and John Doe. So Exine is actually, from my understanding, she is tone deaf or she is, she doesn't have pitch. There's something about her uh, in her singing. And the reason why they sing together, John Doe and Exine sing together is because he guides her vocals. She follows his lead. So they sing in unison. He's singing uh, in key and pitch and think and backing her up. And that's what makes X so frigging great. And again, you listen to anything off of those first three albums, immaculate, just immaculate, especially under the big black sun, their third album. Their first four albums were produced by Ray Manzarek of the Doors, by the way, in case you didn't know. But um, yeah, John Doe, he's guiding her vocal. And it's really cool when you listen to them sort of latch together. He's telling her where to go with his vocal. He's leading the vocal in that kind of way. Los Angeles X pioneered many things that helped shape West Coast punk as much as the Ramones or Sex Pistols. Among them was a commitment to American roots music as source material that had repercussions well beyond the punk scene. I mean, if you look well before. Kurt Cobain covered Lead Belly. They covered Lead Be- Belly. Go listen to their cover of Dancing with Tears in My Eyes off of Under Under the Big Black Sun. It's just, it's phenomenal. It, it, it's so, so phenomenal. Yeah, Greg from Bad Religion, he should be on this list. I, I would put him on this list. I don't know about top 20, but maybe top 50. This We should do a top 50 list. We should do a top 50 list for sure. Um, I'm just going through these comments. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was so cool. What a cool. All right, alternative press. I'll tip my hat because I wouldn't have thought to put him on here, but I'm I'm all about it, man. And that that led again, that lead belly cover dancing with tears in my eyes because the girl in my arms isn't you. Dancing with somebody new when it's you that my da 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 do. I'm trying to smile once in a while, but I found 
it won't do dancing with tears in my eyes because the girl in my arms isn't you such such a great what a great friggin song dude um and it's like they do this weird sort of like i don't know what it is like hawaiian surf it's just great really great um then there were the co-singers exine and john doe's lyrics which tapped into a west coast literary tradition charles bukowski nathaniel west and Raymond Chandler. So they are sometimes using lyrics. Rue, as Rue mentioned, they are sometimes going by lyrics. So maybe that's why they put Patti Smith on here. And Bohemian Bohemianism. You know what's funny? It's almost like Exine and John Doe were like the real deal of what like Patti Smith was like kind of posing and trying to be. That was them. Like they were the better version of what Patti Smith was, even though Patti Smith was the soul singer herself um so yeah bohemianism containing more warmth and humanity than the usual slash and burn nihilism yeah there's a lot of warmth and humanity in in x but uh but Exine and and john doe's duets and gregorian chant harmonies were uniquely uh, were a unique delivery system for their street poetry. Again, as I said, that's because she, or she would like, maybe she could hit, she could hit the notes, but she could only hit the notes when Doe was guiding her. Very interesting sort of situation. Okay, whoever was talking about the Descendants, we have Milo. It's official. Milo is on the list. Uh, Milo would sit on a throne alone for fronting the Descendants, the band who invented the modern pop punk form more than anyone and still do it better. I would agree on that. But to be a moonlighting research molecular biologist too, yeah, um, uh, it's pretty awesome. But Milo could never have delivered those gorgeous melodies were he not a fine singer. I don't know if he's a fine singer, but yeah, I love, I agree. He has a sandpapery tenor that's very unique and signature to what he does. Um, and definitely gives you the confidence to think that anybody could sing if Milo could sing. That's not to say that he's a bad singer, but like that his vocal, his vocals are not traditional. Um, his vocals are very melodic. There's a lot of angst and a lot of emotion. I think that's what people relate to. That's what people connect to with, with Milo. You know what I mean? Jody Ramone is in the house. Jody, Jody, uh, Stib Baders is on the list. You gotta, you gotta rewind and go back. He is on the list. I promise you. I like food. Food tastes good. I like food. Food tastes good. Um, yeah. So his sandpapery tenor has enough of a, of a tremble to add a touching vulnerability to the band's outsider lyrics. This adds to the Descendants' infectious approachability. Now, before we move on, did you know that um, I design T-shirts? In fact, one of the reasons why I need to get to 10,000 subscribers is so that I can have my T-shirt store right below all of my videos. That's part of why. And, you know, again, listen, I don't talk about this very often anymore. I used to do it all the time. Um, 
if you are a first time viewer or if you're joining us and you like what's on this channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel. It's very important. Subscribing really helps us in many ways. But um, like I said, did you know I sell t-shirts? I also make my own t-shirts. I do. I have many designs. Um, I, I, I'm currently doing like a, a sort of a pizza line right now. Uh, pizza punk inspired line. You got to check this out. Um, this is, I dedicate this to Rue Morgue because he likes the she one so much. Uh, Rue, I did it again. <laughs> um, check out some of the t-shirts. Links in the description below. T-shirt casualty, t-shirt casualty. Very tight. T-shirt casualty, t-shirt casualty. Very tight. I wish Jeff made some t-shirts too. Hold on, I think he does that too. I can order them in the description below. And I can impress those friends that I know. T-shirt casualty, t-shirt casualty. Very tight. T-shirt casualty, t-shirt casualty. Very tight. <laughs> you like that? That's new. You're going to start to see more of that as I uh, as I try to expand new ways to generate revenue and whatnot. So if you're not into Patreon, some of you are, and I thank you very much for those who do Patreon. Thank you for all those who buy coffee. But if you are into T-shirts, if you like cool punk-style T-shirts, check those out. I got more designs coming. I just did an adolescence one. It's it's pizza scent. So like the scent from adolescent. So it's pizza scent. It's really fun. Um, and I just designed that destroy pizza shirt, which is sort of a play on the bad brains called pizza brains. That's my pizza brain shirt. So check those out. All right. Next on the list is Mark Arm from Mud Honey. What? Dude, Mud Honey on a punk list. Mud Honey may, you know, intersect with punk, but I don't know, man. What? This is so weird. Signature move. Well, set what sets Seattle's Mud Honey apart from the endless grunge hordes that launched into the 90s was the strong dose of fuzzbox garage firmly interwoven into their DNA. The rest of the flannel-shirted guy uh, guild picked up on the Black Sabbath Merc, and that was it. On top of it all, no rock singer in the world distilled Pop's essence better than Mark Arm, who I did see. I saw Mark with uh, the MC5. So he was singing for, for Wayne Kramer, Michael Davis, and Dennis Thompson in, in Central Park. I saw that. Uh, that was, oh my God, that's almost 20 years ago. It was about 17, 16, 17 years ago. He yowls and draws. I mean, he's a, he's a good singer. He's a good frontman, but I wouldn't call him a punk singer, man. That's so weird. He yowls and draws like he's launched himself shirtless into the third row from the lip of the grand ballroom stage in 1969, but he has enough lonesome pole cat, swag, pole cat swagger of his own not to be called a copycat. 
Yeah, that's a weird pick. You're going to have him on. Listen, you're going to have the dude from Mud Honey on, but you're not going to have Glenn Danzig. At least we get Lux Interior. Lux Interior is on here. Yeah, Grime, I agree. I like Mud Honey, but not a punk band, more of a garage band. Totally. That, I mean, what a we- bizarre list, right? Runners agrees. Weird addition, considering the limit of 20. Like I, like Jeff said, the band kind of intersects with punk, but yeah, it's just it's weird. It's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. Okay, so so we have Lux and Cherry. Of course, Lux has to be on here. From the Cramps. The Cramps didn't play Psycho Billy, though they were the mothership that launched all those upright bass slapping players out there thrashing their way through rewritten Carl Perkins outtakes. That's actually, that's one of the best sentences that this writer has written since we, we started doing this rather. They were an alternate universe take on punk in which the New York dolls owned as many sun record 45s as ones by the Shangri laws. I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't, I don't wouldn't put the, I mean, I wouldn't say that, they don't really have much New York Dolls DNA, in my opinion. They kind of they sidestep the New York Dolls entirely. They they come from they come from garage, man. They're on that garage branch entirely. Because Lux Interior stage persona could be best described as Iggy Presley. Love that. Love that. It stands to reason that, and he's like deep throating the microphone and all sorts of weird. I was a teenage werewolf when the sun goes down and the moon comes out. Yeah, I cruise through the city and I roam the streets. Yeah, looking for something that is nice to eat. I love that. You better duck. Well, I show up. A goo goo mug. I love, I love, love what Lux Interior brings. Talk about. Talk about a singer and vocalist. And I mean, just he he encompasses all of that, man. Yes, Amy, the surfing dead. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, My ex favorite band, No Bunny, they used to do this sort of uh, cover uh, of the human fly. But it was like, I'm a human fly. Buzz, buzz. Well, he said, I got not, but he would do it fast and go, I got 96 tears for 96 hours. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, baby. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I got I to gotta listen to that. I got to listen to that when I get off this. Um, sorry, I just get so pumped thinking about this. It's been a long time since I've been to a proper show. Uh, we did that awesome BFW show, but that was about it. I've still not gone to a like show show needs to happen. I need to get, get my yayas out His rich hiccuping baritone called from within a surfeit a surfeit of reverb was ideal for the cramps, minimalist stomp and grind. That's the best way to describe the cramps, minimalist stomp and grind. And, you know, him being the heart, I wouldn't call him the heart 
of the cramps. The heart of the cramps is poison ivy. Truly. Sid Vicious should be an honorable mention. Come on, Jody. It basically could have been the next Frank Sinatra. Ha, ha, ha. Please. Police. Okay, Chrissy Hind is on here from Pretenders. I'm not going to. I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, she has punk roots, but to call her punk, is she punk? Again, where's Wendy O. Williams, man, on this list? I just, I don't know. I don't know. Claim to fame, the pretenders. She used to hang around with uh, with Steve Jones from the Pistols. The pretenders came out of punk, taking the enemy and attack to emerge as world class as a world class rock and roll band. Leader Chrissy Hind couldn't deny her love of sixties AM radio. How many times are you going to use the the term sixties AM radio? It went into her songs, which applied decades of raunch to, to sweet 1965 pop structures. But what really moved the pretenders several leagues above every other band in the world was not their musicianship, uh, top notch as it was. It was Hines singing. Her husky alto was uh, burnished enough with a catch in her throat and a subtle vibrato, subtle vibrato that deeply humanized her beneath her granite hard public persona. Sure. She projected the don't F with me vibes, but there was a deep sensitivity, not far from the surface. Best heard on pirate radio. Nah. This is written by Tim Stiegel. I think that's the guy who wrote the previous article that we read and that's it, man. No damned, no, no Vanian, no Glenn Danzig. No Wendy O. Williams. It's it's quite disappointing. It's quite a bummer. Yeah, where's Darby Crash? I would put Dar- Darby Crash. I know you're not a fan, but I'm thinking. My, oh, Mike from Social Distortion should be on this list. I'm not, listen. Uh, it's not my personal taste, but I I wouldn't argue with you on that. Um, I think we've determined that that was just kind of like a BS list, man, in so many ways. Yes, there were some good picks, and but, you know, there were not. Yeah, no leaving. No leaving. Leaving interview is coming, you guys. For those of you who are Patreons, you will get to see it first. If you're a YouTube member, you will see it first. If you are not, you will just have to wait for the leaving interview to pop up. Leaving was on Pizza Punk. It was an awesome, awesome get. I'm working on more awesome, awesome gets. It was a great show tonight. Um, trying to keep the shows shorter. Trying to do them more often. I mean, I do them all the time. Um, check out the t-shirts. Check out some of the t-shirt designs if you're into t-shirts. Um, check out the Patreon. These are all great ways to support the channel. Thank you, Jody. Jody Ramon says that the that the list was garbage, but the episode was fire. I appreciate that. Um, Runner, Runner says the misfits for as much as you see the Crimson Ghost everywhere still don't get the respect they deserve. I don't get it. I agree, man. That's why we're here. We're here to give them the respect that they deserve. Um, so anyway, listen to you all. Have a good night. We will talk real soon. Very, very soon. Uh, I'm going to be doing my friend's show, uh, The Hold Up with Stephen Stull. Check that out. That'll be around in the meantime. Peace and hair grease.
And let me tell you a little about the Patreon. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.